Hey, this is Opes. And this is Cha. And you're listening to Run the Play, this podcast that's about sports, sports, and more sports. Yes, sir. Basketball and football mainly, but if there's something happening in, say, tennis or golf or whatever, we'll talk about it. Cha, what do we have up first? First things first, we got to talk about, we got to continue talking about the NBA versus China versus the U.S. government, all that. I knew because I think it was the other night, what was it, Monday night, I want to say, it seemed like just Twitter went on fire because LeBron James made a statement about Daryl Morey and the whole situation. And it was a statement that was misinterpreted because... LeBron was trying to choose his words wisely, and in choosing his words wisely, he kind of used some of the wrong word choices. Word, he used some of the wrong words. So his whole thing was that he felt like Daryl. Basically, he felt like it was dumb of Daryl Morey to um, say those particular things about China while he had colleagues in China that you know, could have been harmed <laughs> while they were out there. And th- and he did this, like, around the same exact time that these players were flying out to China. So they didn't even know about any of this until, like, they landed and started, like, doing their – or trying to do their media run and trying to start practicing and stuff. And so – but the way he said it, he has said that, oh, Daryl was misinformed. People sort of misconstrued that and – you and at first people were saying, "Oh, LeBron's just a capitalist," but then of course it turned into dog whistle racism because that's what it always turns into. So, what did you? You want to give people a little more insight on what happened first? So, first. so when they when they landed in China, they being the NBA players, and everybody was made a abreast of what Daryl Morey had done in tweeting out support for the protesters in Hong Kong. Which, in a, which, by the way, in a vacuum, I think it is the correct take. I think we all support Hong Kong um, mm-hmm. and their sort of struggle versus this authoritarian regime in China that sort of poses, it, it, it like semi-poses as a democracy because they have a quote-unquote president. But when you're the president for life, you're not really, <laughs> you're not really the president. But anyway, they land, they immediately have a meeting with NBA Commissioner Adam Silver where, among other things, the players say that Daryl Morey should be punished in some way because he's potentially cost the NBA millions of dollars. And that had it been a player who had done a similar thing that cost the league millions of dollars, they would be punished in some way. And they said, well, no, we're not going to punish Daryl Morey because we didn't punish you guys when you were attacking Donald Trump and other conservatives, which I think is actually a fair point. So we all agree with the players in attacking Donald Trump and attacking the Republican Party and conservatives and all of that. But at the same but at the same time, if they're allowed to do that, I think it has this also be true that um Daryl Morey is allowed to 
Not even attack the Chinese government. Like he didn't attack the Chinese government. He showed support for Hong Kong. See where I disagree with that is because because there was players in China or on their way to China while this stuff was being said. Like the as we both know, and as you, if you, if any of you guys would like to read up on China and China, the history of the Chinese government, they don't be playing. All right. Like, no. you know, it's it's like it's the equivalent of acting like an American in a foreign country, which is like which is, you know, thinking you have the same rights over there as you do here. You know, they're like they don't like free speech ain't really a thing over there. So it's like my whole thing is this. If you go if you go to like a public forum in China, like and, and you just start talking mess on Mao Zedong, I promise you it's going to be problems for you. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And so. Yes. So. To me, it's like as of a similar ilk of what Daramori did. It's like you go into a public forum and you and you indirect. I mean, he didn't directly say, oh, Chinese government sucks. But by supporting showing solidarity with Hong Kong, that's basically what you're saying. That's how they're interpreting it. Now you put in everybody that wrote. And the thing is, when you Daramori, you're the mouthpiece of the NBA. You are a mouthpiece of the NBA. So it's not just Daramori saying it. It's Daramori of the NBA saying it. So everybody that's involved with the NBA, from the players to all the staff members and all the like the little people that's in the NBA are all now in harm's way. Now everybody gotta kinda watch their back, make sure they can get out of the country safely. Now now instead of you relaxing and hanging out with fans, now you having to worry about if you're gonna get if you're gonna get stopped up and you know what I'm saying? Like, like nothing, I don't think any harm was actually gonna happen because that would be an international incident, but they can make your life a little bit more difficult than it needs to be. They can, you know what I'm saying, put that pressure on you more than you need to be feeling. And so that's where I really, it's not the same, because because you, you're allowed to speak against any politician in America because we have those freedoms to do that. They don't have those freedoms. Those, those freedoms are not afforded to the people of China. And when you're in no, China, that, that, you know what I'm saying? That's that's true. But I'm, I'm just saying... So, it, so, so, my whole thing like, is—it's—it's not—it's not—it's not quite apples. It's not quite apples to apples. It's more like oranges to tangerines. Okay. Like it's it's like it's it's a similar circumstance in terms of speaking out against um, uh, a politician or or an authority figure in a country. It's not it's not yeah. exactly the same, but, but it's I, guess, similar. I, I guess to me it's just like the potential ramifications of LeBron speaking out about Trump and. Um, Maury speaking in solidarity with Hong Kong is just is, is different. There like, really ain't, ain't nothing happen, going to happen to LeBron speaking about Trump. Stuff could happen to NBA play or NBA players when you speak out against Hong Kong while they're in China. That's my whole thing. So I feel like to me it's like when you put in potentially putting people in danger. That like forget the money part. When you put people's like lives or like security or safety in danger, that to me is where you should be punished or some type of ramification should be dealt to you. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't completely disagree. I think the bigger so back to LeBron though. So one one thing I saw a lot of people say was because once again LeBron misspoke in saying. That Dermore was misinformed. What he meant to say was Dermore shouldn't have been running his mouth yes. while everybody was in China. Yes. And that what and what he meant to say was that he didn't think about the potential ramifications of having people in China and suddenly they're in uh they're they're, they're under more of a microscope than they would have been had Mori not said those things. That's what he meant to say. It's not what mm-hmm. he said though. Well he the thing and the funny thing is he said that like before that 
interview. Like he's like in the written interview, he said that. Right. Which is that's yeah. not what people saw. People saw mm-hmm. the, the video. Yeah. Is what they saw. And so what what uh, one of the big things I saw was people talking about, well, Daryl Morey has these advanced degrees and he went to MIT and LeBron Lee went to high school and da 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 da. Which was like very much dog whistle, like racism, like, oh, this nigger's stupid, basically yes. is what what they're trying to say. And even though I don't want to agree with racists, the the reason LeBron got himself into that trouble is because he's not formally educated. So he he did in fact stop his edu- his formal education after high school and go straight to the NBA. And sometimes when he talks, he sounds like somebody that did not go to college. So the reason why he misspoke, why he was searching for the words and couldn't find them, I think is in part because he is not uh, formally like he does, he didn't go to college basically. Now, having said that, he very quickly clarified what he was trying to say. But of course, the clarification is not what makes front page news. The initial headline is what people remember. So it's like if you... Also, by the way, not being, not not us misspeaking or not being the best orator also does not make you unintelligent. No, it doesn't. LeBron, LeBron LeBron is very smart. But one thing that does happen to him from time to time is he will say something that's slightly off from what from his intended message Mm -hmm. he's very clearly a very highly intelligent person but you can be very intelligent but still not always have the correct vocabulary yeah for a given situation because of a lack of formal training and syntax yes okay but but that but that that's not to say he's not smart he's very smart Mm -hmm. but there is there i think that's what happened there is he he didn't have the syntax, he didn't have the vocabulary for what he was trying to say in the moment. So I, after having a second to like think about, okay, what are the actual words I want to say here? Then I thought it was pretty clear what he was actually trying to say. But by that point, people had already made up their minds about what he had said, and it was it was sort of too late. That, I mean, it's not going to really affect him very much. It doesn't really matter. People sort of, I think people have been waiting for an opportunity to bury LeBron under something for a few years now. My whole thing was like, it was people who didn't, who don't give a damn about black issues in America, who don't give a damn about, you know, the uh, t- the Tamir Rices and the Eric Gardners and those victims of police brutality. Now all of a sudden want to be like, oh, well, it's okay when, it's okay to stand up against, uh, um, um, you know, injustices against black people in America, but it's not okay to um, stand up for injustices against Hong Kong. I'm like, first of all, y'all don't give a damn about no black people here, okay? So I know damn well you don't give a damn about no damn uh, uh, people in Hong Kong, all right? That's number one. Number two, everybody who was who was siding on the side of, who was standing on the side of racism, okay? Anytime you're on the side of racism, take a step back, reevaluate your position. Cause, cause y'all was agreeing, y'all was retweeting Barstool, the the, the president of Barstool. Really? People were also retweeting the the Daily Caller. Yeah, when when Breitbart and Barstool has the same opinion as you, you might want to rethink that opinion. And I hope a lot of y'all felt stupid the next day when that that article from the Athletic came out. I hope y'all felt stupid. Because y'all, so, y'all sure sounded stupid on Monday night. A lot of y'all sure sounded stupid. 
continuing on with the NBA, it's, all this is happening before the, the season even starts. I mean, we're only a few days away, but still. There's a big issue with sleep deprivation. At the uh, every, It's like, you know, you have this long season, 82 games played in six months, plus the off season if you make it. You know, you have all these back-to-backs. You have these uh, these times where you play, like, three games in four days, and you're flying all across the country, actually, like, averaging something like 55,000 miles each player is uh, flying. It's like twice around the globe, basically. And it's taking a toll on people's bodies. It's taking a toll on people's uh, brains. And, you know, what... One of the things I saw on this is it's from an ESPN article that I'm really taking this um, um, concept from. And one of, the, one of the things I saw was that people sort of conjectured that at some point we're going to start discussing like the NBA's, uh, NBA players' sleep deprivation along the same lines as um, people getting concussions and like, playing football. And so I want to know what your take on this whole thing was. I know I shared the article with you. Mm-hmm. It's it's one of those things that if you think if you sit and think about it for a second, you kind of you know, but until somebody actually presents it to you in this way, you don't actually know. So one thing that's always been interesting to me when it comes to players doing things in the off season, whether it's like playing in the Olympics or this past summer, players playing in the World Cup. Remember how trashed the the, the U.S. World Cup team was, a uh, World yeah. Cup basketball team was, because mm-hmm. everybody's like, oh, I got to get my rest. You sort of think it's like, well, what? Why is everybody so tired? I remember I used to think that was a, you know playing basketball growing up, like formerly like middle school basketball uh, and high school, we were pretty well rested, right? Because we we had you had practice two and a half hours a day, but after that you go home and sleep in your own bed. You get to sleep typically at a reasonable hour, at least for a high schooler. You go to school, you go to practice, you go to a game, and then that's it. You have like two games a week at most, and. You get to sleep in your, like I said, you get to sleep in your own bed. And you, most of all, you're not traveling cross country to do that. Like you drive to school, maybe you take a bus to the game, maybe you take a bus back to school, or maybe when your parents pick you up from the game, you go home straight from that. So until you're actually like a college basketball player, or if you're fortunate enough to become an NBA player, that's when you fully start to get entrenched in the travel schedule, the three games and four nights, the back to backs the traveling from L.A. to New York to play a game or from Orlando to Portland to play a game. And you start to see, you know, you play the game at night and then you end up leaving at like 1 a.m. and you land at the next spot at like 4 a.m., 5 a.m. Maybe you get like four hours of sleep then you got to get back into the program to get ready for the game. And you start to see why players talk about they just take naps during the day. They don't really go out and like venture out. You start to see why... Players that have uh, that play the, the the LA teams, why they play so poorly against those teams? Because first of all, not only were they not getting much sleep anyway, but people always go out and party when they when they play the Lakers or the Clippers because like oh we're finally in a good city let's go out and do something. Yeah, and it's like well you're already only getting four hours of sleep now you just cut that in half maybe. So I thought it was very enlightening to see. Uh, just exactly what what a travel schedule looks like for an NBA team. I think it was also enlightening to see like the the, the lengths the NBA like a lot of players go through to make sure that they're getting enough rest. 
that they're monitoring the brain waves. Like I, I saw that Tobias Harris uses like an EEG to monitor his brain waves, and like right after a game, he's like putting on this uh, like breathing belt to make him like relax his body and stuff, so that he's able to fall asleep faster when he gets back to his hotel room. And like you see, like the the um the amount of like, things like LeBron does, like he he has his like room set to like sixty eight to seven degrees, and like all electronics are shut off before he enters his enters the room. So as soon as he hits the bed, he's able to just fall asleep very fast. And it's just like all like and then Vince Carter says the reason why he's been able to play so long is because he's like focused. His number one priority is like sleep, is rest. And I'm like, dang. So you so I also think about like some of the players. Who, you know, perform, who have those like boom and bust games, such as James Harden. And and James Harden, you know, is like notoriously like, you know, the, the, the club master. Like you, you, you start to think, like, you know, is, is that part of why he has those like boom and bust games? It's just like when he's well rested, he's able to like be focused. And then when he's a little bit, you know, he gets, he's really tired because he doesn't have enough sleep. Is that when he goes like 0 for 18 from the three point line? You know? It start, mm-hmm. You start wondering. Then also you start considering, like, will, like, how does this affect gambling? Like, will gamblers really start paying even more attention to, like, okay, somebody's travel schedule and be like, okay, well, this particular player, I know he likes to go out to the club when he's in L.A. So if, if, if he just played uh, in New York like, like a night or two ago, now he has to go and play the Lakers or the Clippers, okay, he, he's probably only going to shoot. He's probably only going to shoot 20% from the field because he because he's gonna he's gonna fall off he's gonna be a slump that day or or this player is, is more reserved and he f- focuses more on his sleep and that like i wonder how that's gonna work too is it, it just makes the game a little more interesting but it also makes me concerned though like what these studies are gonna end up finding because it's the like people are really just starting to um seriously study these things so we'll see and it just goes to show you somebody like james harden it's it's a poorly kept secret here in the city that James Harden uh, is, I put this delicately, enjoys uh, a night out on the town. <laughs> <laughs> they got the man's jersey in one of the most popular strip clubs in Houston. I'm just yeah, going to say that. That, that, yes. that man is always at the strip club. <laughs> he is always at the strip club. Like, I remember one time I saw him out at the movies and I was like, wow, he's not at the strip club. <laughs> although, <laughs> although it was a late movie, so I felt like he was on his way to, I've told this story, Newman, I'm not going to tell it again right now, but I feel like he hopped in the Phantom after trying to stun on me and then it was like <laughs> on his way, <laughs> on his way to the strip club. I mean, it's always at the strip club. And that explains, like you just said, why he has those boom and bust games. I bet when he plays in Utah, where ain't no strip clubs. All he can do he, is sleep. I bet he, that's. I bet he has his best games. He al- he always kills Utah. He always kills yeah. Utah. They hate him in Utah. Yeah. That's <laughs> you know why. Because there ain't no strip clubs for him to go to. You know what, Utah Jazz? Y'all need to open up a strip club right next to the stadium. You know what I'm saying? And, or, and, or at least ne- next to the hotel where the Rockets yeah, stay at. If, if y'all want to win. But y'all also have mm-hmm. to like like bring in some like fly girls too. You, 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 fly him in, fly him in for the for the Rockets. Game. Exactly, you know what I mean. You, you you can't just have some like regular regular schmegler. You know what I'm saying? It got it got it because you know Houston strip clubs are, are considered uh, you know top top notch, top of the line, some of the best in America strip clubs. Second know? second best in America, I think. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's up there with like Atlanta. You know, yeah, it's right it's right so, behind Atlanta. Yeah, but here here here's something else I think is interesting. 
just people that work like a like a nine to five like you and I do. Yeah. When we when we don't get enough sleep, we come in not to say that we're useless at work, but our performance is definitely not as high as it is when we get the right amount of rest. And we're not even doing nothing. We're sitting at a desk trying to do stuff, right? Never mind playing a game, traveling on the bus or by plane, then getting into to a strange bed at a hotel in a strange city. Sleeping for like four to six hours, typically. Although some of these guys, like LeBron, like Andre Iguodala, like Tobias Harris, like we're talking about, they've got like a program all set. Like LeBron gets to the room, they shut everything off. Yeah, everything in the area is shut off. Yeah. Only thing that's on in his room is his phone, because <laughs> it has uh, the 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 sound of raindrops uh, <laughs> falling, so he can fall asleep. I'm sure his alarm probably as well. But everything else is shut off for LeBron when he's on the road. So those those people have like matter of fact, LeBron spends a million dollars a year on his body. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's documented, well documented. He spends a million dollars a year on his body. That's why he's thirty five. He still plays like somebody's twenty six. You know, well not 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 LeBron twenty six, but like you know, average twenty six year old yeah. player. Yeah. So people like that have a system, but I guarantee you a lot most players don't have that type of system where they're tracking these things so closely, and they're just like, well, you know, whatever, this is just, just how I do it, and. I, I guarantee that's why the that's why they fight so hard to not have any more back to backs. So why that's why I try so hard not to have three games and four nights because it's just hard to do. I think if you were playing home games, it'd probably be all right to play three and four. But when you're on the road having to travel like that, mm. man, especially when like a lot of those times it's not even like oh I'm in I'm playing the Clippers and I'm playing Golden State. It's typically no I'm playing the Heat then I'm playing Golden State. You know at Away, I mean, like away, like you're in Florida, then you're in California. That's ridiculous. Or even if, or even if you went like Miami, Dallas, Houston, mm-hmm. then then like Lakers, right? Yeah, that's still ridiculous. That's still too. a lot of travel to yeah. get from between. Because even if you played, let's say you played, let's say you played the Heat on a Thursday night, and then you had to fly to Dallas to play the Mavs on Friday night, right? And then you have Saturday off, then you got to play the Rockets on Sunday, and then on Wednesday you got to play the Lakers. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, and then also you might even get a practice in or like a walkthrough at least. So yeah. and then people think about oh it's just a walkthrough. That's time you could have been sleeping. Yeah, and it's not just a walkthrough. You got to watch film. You got to meet with coaches. You got to eat meals. There's all these things you got to do. You got to get to and from all these places. So. It's a lot, man. It's like, and people are not, like you said, people are just now thinking about this stuff. Yeah. Sleep sleep deprivation. If you don't think about this, if you don't sleep for long enough, you will die. Yeah. 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 They, and that and that's not even you as a professional athlete out that's here. Like like anybody. Competing as other professional athletes. Just you as a regular person with a day job at a desk. If you don't sleep for long enough, you will die. You know, it's crazy now that I'm thinking about it. Because like, because obviously concussions... And like are are more sudden, and so if you get a concussion, that's like very serious. But you're more likely to be sleep deprived than to get a concussion, and so mm-hmm. in that way, you have to kind of. You, I mean, I'll, I'll wait for more studies to come out, but I feel like you kind of have to put sleep deprivation up there in terms of how it negatively impacts the body. Be like, 
Because, yeah, because, I mean, like, anybody, all of us are really, honestly, most of us are sleep-deprived, as it is. But if you're a professional athlete, that's even worse because you're exerting your body so much while lacking all that sleep. Like, I remember playing football in high school, and I mean, like, like my sophomore year, I was in the AP, um, AP World History, and I really wanted to get an A in that class. Like, I cared more about, but looking back, I cared more about getting an A in that class than I cared about playing football. And so there was nice. There'd be like nights before game day. If I had a test that same day, I might be up to two in the morning studying so I could uh, pass the test. And so basically, I'm getting like like four hours of sleep the night before a game. And I'd be wondering like, damn, why can't? Why am I playing so poorly? Like, why can't I? Why can't I get off the ball like as fast as I can in practice? And why am I not? You know what I'm saying? It, it, and it's like and like and I and you know you would you'd be like yeah it's just because of like it's just because lack of sleep you think about it yeah it's because I didn't get enough sleep last night but you think about these players it's like every single night you you only getting most of these players only getting like four hours of sleep five hours of sleep doing that every night or every other night for like eighty two game season for ten seasons there has to be something that like messes up your body long term gotta be something right. that. You know? Here, here's another here's another big thing. This is from the article you sent me from ESPN.com. Circadian rhythms, this and then I'm reading from the article. Circadian rhythms tied to the rising and setting of the sun dictate daily sleep slash wake cycles. If those rhythms are thrown off, every cell in the body is affected. So much so that the World Health Organization's International Agency for Research on Cancer has classified circadian disruption from shift work which affects, among others, emergency medical workers, military personnel, pilots, firefighters, and law enforcement as a possible human carcinogen. Oh, wow. So think about, so think about this. When you are an NBA player, like we just talked about, if you want to go from Miami to Houston, Dallas to L.A., that's mm-hmm. going across every time zone in the United States. Yes. And sitting in three, and those are three, three distinct time zones. Sun sets and, sets and rises at different times. So if, when it's 8 p.m. in Miami, it's starting to get dark now. You were just there. You slapped at 8 p.m. Now you're in Houston. So it's 7 p.m. It's still light. It's still a little bit light outside at the time that you were just asleep yesterday. Now you're in L.A. Now it's 5 p.m. And sunny. And sunny. Yes. Whereas a day yesterday, two days ago, you were asleep at this time. You haven't given your body a chance to adjust at all. Matter of fact, when I when I was in lag, Spain, yeah. yeah, when I was in Spain, I wasn't even. So it's Spain. I believe is seven hours ahead of Houston, and I didn't bother to adjust to Spanish time because I knew I could just sleep during the day because that's what people do in Spain. <laughs> they they be they be resting. But I remember when I went to London. I'm trying to like stay up so I can do something. I'm just like I felt like a zombie for half the day. I'm just like, man, like it's I'm supposed to be asleep right now. And it is it is bright as hell. <laughs> yeah, man. Like I know one of the things I try to do to avoid jet lag is I keep I keep my watch, which is my Fitbit, I don't let it I make it so that it stays in Houston time. So I know exactly like it, it works best on the way home. I know exactly what time it is. So what ends up happening is that like when I'm traveling, let's say it's I don't know. 11 p.m. I have 11 p.m. flight, but it's only like 5 p.m. in Houston. I'll try to stay up as long as possible until it gets to Houston time at like 9 to 10 o'clock when I usually go to bed, and then I'll fall asleep on the plane. You know, stuff like that. Or you, and you do the opposite for when you go into the uh, location. 
it's stuff like that you got like you you try to do and i'm getting i'm sure like nba players try to do the similar stuff for when they travel across country but it's it's ridiculous i i, I wonder if at, at some point you know like in the the distant future if we really will take sleep way more seriously as a society and if like graveyard shifts become like outlawed and stuff in terms like you know and i don't know just just like um everything just forming around the a general sleep schedule like everybody's on a similar sleep schedule and everything that's planned is based around uh, getting uh, the adequate amount of sleep i wonder if that's ever going to happen i i guess maybe if capitalism is always involved it may never happen but, um it also it also depends on who's in leadership yeah so well, let's not get too deep into that. It's not that type of show, <laughs> but it, it 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 depends on who's it depends on who's in charge, basically. It's time for everybody's favorite segment: college football week eight, where we can't say the name of the show because it's copyrighted and trademarked by ESPN. So I got to say, them to avoid a lawsuit. Hey, we can't we can't say the name, but we can pick the games. That's right. That's a good slogan. I'm going I'm to use that next time. So, we got a few games, few cool games this weekend. First game I want to I want to uh ask your take on. Number 3 Clemson at Louisville. It's 11 a.m. on ABC. At Louisville. Yes, at Louisville. Hmm. You know what's interesting? Mm. Louisville has actually been kind of a revelation this season. Mm. They're not, I mean, they're not they're not gonna beat Clemson, but they've been pretty good. I think Scott Satterfield, the new head coach at Louisville, he's got them at four and two. They won three games all of last season. He's already got them at four and two, basically the same team. So Louisville's not gonna beat them this year, but I'll tell you what, Clemson's gotta be on their on their toes because Louisville's coming. They're gonna be pretty good in the years to come. But th- not this year. I like I like Clemson by three touchdowns because they they uh, they showed up against Florida State. <laughs> they sure did. I had I actually had Louisville with the upset, so I'm I'm gonna pick Louisville. Really? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Be okay. Only because it's at Louisville, and I've seen I haven't seen Louisville play, but I looked at the score, the scores of the games that they won and lost, and I was actually impressed about how close they were, like the losses were to like good teams. So I was like, you know what? I, I'm a, I'm gonna pick Louisville just because it's at home, and I don't think team I don't think a Clemson's necessarily gonna take them seriously. I think that's what's gonna do it. So um, that yeah, that's that's my pick. Uh, or number twelve Oregon at number twenty five Washington. It's actually it's at two thirty, you know. So it's the first like you know it's it's it's, it's some big Pac twelve matchups this weekend. You know, we actually can watch it for once, maybe. <laughs> you know, because I haven't seen any Pac-12 team play unless they're playing one of my teams. So I have, I have no idea how good either of these teams are, but they're both ranked. I'll tell you what, Oregon's pretty damn good. Okay. They're really good on defense. Their offense is really good. I still don't understand how they lost to Auburn week one. Shot themselves on the foot one too many times, I suppose. But Oregon's pretty good. Washington... Not so much. <laughs> Not so much. I like I like Oregon. So Washington's falling off, eh? Yeah, they can't get they can't seem to get it together with the quarterbacks. They mm. Jake Jake Easton 
formerly number one quarterback in America who had originally signed with Georgia. He transferred to Washington after, excuse me, Jacob Eason is what he gets the name he goes by. He got beat out by Jake Fromm at Georgia after getting injured. So he transferred to Washington. He was the starter. He has struggled this season. They they just can't seem to get together at that position. And that's as you know, that's that's a key position in the game of football is quarterback. Yeah. Having an accurate passer can change everything. Yeah. So and he has not been that thus far. Whereas Herbert at Oregon has been what they've needed him to be. He's not like, you know, super elite. He's not Peyton Manning or anything, but he's been pretty good. He's doing all they need and more. I like Oregon to win this one. Plus, I think I think Mario Cristobal is a great coach. I think he's I think he's a great coach. He's getting he's getting great players in there. So Oregon's actually not just good right now, but they're also a team to watch in the future. So I like Oregon. Let's run through some other games real fast. Uh, I'm West Virginia at number five, Oklahoma. Only put them on here because you know Oklahoma's ranked, you know, and they just came off of a big win against Texas. Well, who you like? Yeah, Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Yeah, Oklahoma. Blowout. Uh, yeah, yeah. Houston at UConn. Oh, Houston. I got Houston, Houston. Gets, back, gets back on the good foot. Yeah, I got Houston going away. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Temple at number 19, SMU. Temple in, a, in an upset. Ooh. I like Temple See, by, I was think- by five points. I was thinking that. I was thinking Temple in an upset because I don't actually trust SMU ever. I don't think you should trust ever trust SMU because SMU. I'll tell get- you what. Sonny Dykes is a good coach. Like, if we didn't have Dana, I would have wished that Sonny Dykes was our coach. Mm-hmm. But Temple's got a really good defense. And when you have a really good defense, Anything you can do possible. some things. Anything yeah. is possible. I just don't trust SMU. I don't. Uh, so this is the game. Number 18, Baylor at Oklahoma State. Hmm. Hmm. You know what? Matt Rule's been getting it done, bro. At Baylor. He has been getting it done. I think he's going to continue to get it done. I like I like Baylor. You nah. said you said it's at Oki. You said it's at yeah, Oki Light. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, Baylor. Baylor I, still. I got Oki Light. I think I think Oki Light brings Baylor back down to earth. All right, y'all ain't played nobody. I ain't played nobody. Not really. All right, y'all gonna lose to Texas and Oklahoma. Don't forget about that. Don't forget they. They'll lose to Oklahoma. I think. I mean, you and I both know about. Tom Herman's history know, against teams know, that they should beat. I know Tom Herman's history. I think Texas is still going to win that. All right. I got UT on that one. But I got Oakley, oh, But we ain't talking about that game right now. We're going to talk about Oakley Light. I got Oakley Light. You know what I'm saying? In a quote-unquote upset. Quote-unquote. I don't think Baylor should ever be ranked. But that's just my biased opinion. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. Another good game. Should be a good game. Number 17, Arizona State at number 13, Utah. Another Pac-12 matchup. It's actually I, it's on Pac-12 Network. I assume that they didn't think this, that either of these teams was actually going to be that good this year. So, <laughs> I mean, why else would they put it on Pac-12 Network? It's the two ranked teams, probably two of the better teams in the Pac-12. You know, while meanwhile USC right. is probably playing on like some on like at like 8 p.m. on like ABC or something. Nobody's going to watch that. You know, but yeah, who you got? <laughs> Utah, Utah. Their defense is great. Okay. Their their quarterback is really good. Somehow they got a black quarterback <laughs> to to Utah. Well, no, they they've had black quarterbacks in the past, or a black quarterback in the past. They've actually had a surprising <laughs> number. You know what it is, and it's something that I've wondered why Mark D'Antonio doesn't do it. 
uh, more often is the so Utah's head coach Kyle Whittingham once upon a time was Urban Meyer's defensive coordinator, mm-hmm. and defensive coordinators who become head coaches oftentimes will prioritize signing mobile quarterbacks. And when you want a mobile quarterback, typically you'll go you'll go get a black quarterback because they recognize how difficult it was to defend those guys. So their thought process is, well, if it was difficult for me to defend, it's going to be difficult for other people to defend. So Utah's been like, hey, all the black quarterbacks, come over here. Yeah, it's cold, but, you know, not going to tell that joke either. But <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I like, I like Utah. They've, they've, they've got the goods to knock off Arizona State. And, like, it starts with defense. But also they get, they've got an explosive offense. So I think I think they'll score enough points to, to pull. I mean, they're ranked higher. So it's not really an upset, but I think I think they'll I think they'll get it done. What's Arizona's coach Arizona State's coach name? Herm, Herm Edwards. Edwards. Yeah, that's why they're gonna win. That's why they're gonna win. Herm Edwards. All right. Last game, prime time game. The six thirty on ABC. That's that. That's that's a classic. That's a classic lineup right there. Six that prime time on ABC. Seven thirty Eastern. Six thirty Central. Number sixteen Michigan. At number seven, Penn State, playing out in Happy Valley. Who you got? Michigan is not good. No, they're not. They, they Michigan really is not good. They really not. Penn State is not great either. They not either. Right? But they are better than Michigan. Yeah. So I Penn mean, State. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah, I don't believe in Penn State's offense, uh, but I believe in their defense. I don't. I don't believe in Michigan's offense. Michigan, I think, has a. Yeah, decent defense from what I remember, but the offense is trash. They don't have really any playmakers at receiver. Um, and uh, yeah, Penn State's gonna win that. Penn I think that's the that. difference is yeah. that Penn State has playmakers at receiver. Yeah, and you just know. like when you have a good defense, anything's possible. When you've got guys that can make a guy miss and take it to the house from anywhere on the field, you anything anything's possible. All all it, all it takes is one missed tackle to break a game wide open. Yeah. Michigan, and Penn State uh, has that in KJ Hamler for sure. Yeah, yeah. I think Michigan State knows about that now. Ohio State game that second quarter. And One play man. broke it wide open. It and really then... did. It really. Mm. But but we ain't talking about that right now. We talking about Michigan. No, oh, sorry, ass. So yeah, I, both Michigan teams are sorry this year. That we if we're gonna be perfectly honest. If we, yes, if we're gonna, yes, if we're gonna they keep are. it fair. We're gonna keep it fair. All right. Michigan State saving difference. grace is that Michigan is sorry this year, so they might be able to pull that one off. Exactly. I think they will because Michigan State. Remember, you just said about good defenses. Michigan God, State they defense. better. Michigan, Michigan State better win that one. They better win that motherfucking game. God damn it! Mm, I don't, I don't even be cursing on this on this here on this here. But you heard what I said. I ain't gonna repeat it. Now. I ain't gonna repeat it. So this has been another episode of Run the Play. Follow us on Twitter at. Oh, it's switched. It's different now. At ten o'clock, T I N C L O C K. Shout right. out to the boy Teflon TG was harassing me about changing the name. Guess really? what I did? <laughs> <laughs> also, um, run the play pod. That exists. It's not done yet. Yeah, it's coming. Don't worry about it. It's coming. <laughs> Cha, where can the people follow you at? You know, Twitter, Instagram at Cha is nuclear. Check me out on both places. Check me out on NuclearKite.com. Go listen to my music. Go listen to my man Chasing Z's music on the same website, NuclearKite.com. It's dope. Go check it out. Have yourself a good old time. And, uh, yeah, that's about it, man. You already know. Chaz Nuclear. 
everywhere. All social media platforms. That's called Twitter and Instagram. So, for Cha, my name is Obes. This is Run the Play. We'll see you next time. Goodbye.